Good morning. It is absolutely wonderful to see all of you, to have you here with us, to have you online with us. Thank you for being a part of this. Uh, is my collar straight? Good, okay. Anybody from now on has permission in the middle of a sermon to walk up to me and fix my collar, please. It's now preserved online forever. So we are all discipled by something. We're all discipled by something. We're all becoming either. We are a place of hospitality, grace, and community. Good morning. It is absolutely wonderful to see all of you, to have you here with us, to have you online with us. Thank you for being a part of this. Uh, is my collar straight? Good. Okay. Anybody from now on has permission in the middle of a sermon to walk up to me and fix my collar, please. It's now preserved online forever. So we are all discipled by something. We're all discipled by something. We're all becoming either something less or something more than what we are, what we were this morning when we woke up. As C.S. Lewis put it, we're all either becoming immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. We can't resist it. We can't deny it. But we can make the very important decision as to who or what shapes us forms us, and disciples us. Author James Bryan Smith tells the story of a friend of his named Craig. Craig had taken part in an experimental discipleship program that was being launched, and that process eventually became the material uh, that, that uh, you find in the trilogy of books that begins with Smith's book, The Good and Beautiful God, that we studied about a year or so ago. Craig was a part of what was called the apprentice, these apprentice groups, and according to Dallas Willard, the uh, it's called apprentice. Disciples apprentice themselves to Jesus uh, to learn to follow Jesus in the way that a person who wants to learn a trade or a craft would apprentice himself to a master of that trade or craft. Now, Craig's job caused him to have to fly all over the world. So like many of us, he knows the ups and downs, the delays and the cancellations and so forth, lost baggage, all the frustrations that come with air travel. And if you don't know uh, those kind of things, I just encourage you to watch uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. One day, he and his colleague found themselves stranded in the city of Atlanta. So the plane was delayed to go home a few hours, and it was delayed a few more hours, and finally it was canceled. And you know this can be infuriating. Standing near the back of the line, Craig watched as one by one, passengers went up to the counter and screamed and ranted at the woman behind the counter who was trying to book them another flight. When Craig got up to the counter, he looked at the woman, he smiled, and he said, I'm not going to be mean to you. And her face softened, and she said, thank you. Once the flights had been booked, and Craig and his business partner were walking down the concourse, his business partner noticed that Craig had a smile on his face. He'd been watching this the whole time. He said, Craig, I have known you for a long time. One year ago, you would have been enraged by what we've been through. You would have lit into that woman behind the counter. We'll get back to Craig's story in a minute. We're all being shaped by something. We're all being discipled by something. We're all becoming either something less or something more than what we were when we woke up this morning. By the grace of God, Craig was becoming something more. So last week, we began to briefly look at the first of our three ECC touchstones of welcome. 
A touchstone, again, is uh, a standard, a measurement by which we hope to evaluate all that we do and all that we are becoming here at ECC. This morning, we'll talk about the second touchstone of transformation. Next week, we'll talk about the third one of presence. When we talk about transformation, we mean that we provide the resources and the relationship for the journey from curiosity to Christiformity. From curiosity about God in Christ to Christiformity in God in Christ. That is, if you want to become the person God dreams you can become, as C.S. Lewis put it, if you want to become an everlasting splendor, then we want to give you the resources and the relationships for that journey that would be a successful one to help you move in that direction. And you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. The good news we celebrate this morning and we hope to respond to is simply this. In Christ, we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. In Christ, we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. Last week in Galatians 2, Paul was upset with the Galatians because they wanted to exclude those who were different than they were from the kingdom of God, from the church, what have you, the Gentiles. Gentiles or non-Jews were not welcomed in the church or the kingdom of God unless they behaved more like Jews, unless they began to obey the Jewish law. Paul tells them flatly that God in Christ has welcomed all people into the kingdom, even Gentiles. And if God in Christ has welcomed all people, then we should do the same. And then after Paul explains in Galatians 2 that actually no one comes into the kingdom of God except by the grace of God. We all need the grace of God, whether you are Jewish or Gentile. Then in verse 19, he speaks of what the death of Christ means for him and then thus for all of us. Verse 19, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. For through the law, Paul says, I died to the law so that I might live for God. To come to faith in Christ involves both a death and a life. Not a literal death, a spiritual one. Paul says he has died to the law. To be hung on a tree or a cross, according to the Jewish law, was to be cursed as Christ was. And because Paul has been crucified with Christ, he too has died through the law and to the law, that the law no longer has power over him. The law no longer determines the course of his life. He doesn't need the law any longer because something way better has come along. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And this is good news. If we want to become something more than what we are, we do not have to do it alone. Once we come to know Christ, once we, like Paul, have identified with Christ's crucifixion and Christ's resurrection by faith, it is no longer we who do the living. It is Christ who lives in us and through us and for us. Once we come to know Christ, it is no longer we who do the living it is Christ who lives in us and through us and for us. It's not that we are then possessed by Christ and that we can do nothing but obey him. We do not become Christ's robots or Christ's slaves, but when we make the choice to follow Jesus, Christ within us is the one who does the living. We don't do this alone. We have the Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God living within us. And when we yield to the Spirit, we can become something more than what we are. When we identify with Christ in his death, we also identify with Christ in his resurrection. 
Christ living in us is the only way we can live this new life. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot muster it on our own. The goal is not just to mimic Christ. It's not even to ask the question, well, what would Jesus do? The goal is to have Christ formed in us so that we don't have to ask the question, what would Jesus do? I want you to think about that. We don't just ask, what would Jesus do and imitate him? We have, and we learn to pay attention to the direction of the Spirit because the direction of the Spirit may change at any time and you do not want to try to go against the Spirit of God. We have to pay attention. So why do we embark on this journey? Why do we sail these waters? Why do we set our sights on becoming more like Jesus? Why is transformation so important? 4.16, as difficult as life can get sometimes, as much as everything else about our bodily existence may say otherwise, not to mention the year 2020, and yet it is the law of all progress that it is made by passing through some stages of instability and that it may take a very long time. And so I think it is with you. Your ideas mature gradually. Let them grow. Let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on as though you could be today what time, that is to say, is yielding to the Holy Spirit. We trust that this is not all our doing. A couple of years ago, we made this available to you, this card, some of you still have it has a relational covenant on one side and has a practice, a spiritual practice of yield on the other. If you have that somewhere at home, dig it out. I, might, I can probably email you a digital version if you want to email me. Uh, we can do that. Uh, but it's just a prayer practice following the acronym of YIELD. I encourage you to look at that. You can find uh, uh, the, what, what the acronym stands for in the Bible app live within it. And finally, if you go over to the Connect page on our website, ecclife.net slash connect, Scroll down, you're going to find a button there that says Soul Training. Scroll down to the heading, hit that button, and then scroll down to the heading Lexio Divina, which simply means sacred or holy reading. There you're going to find recordings that Kate Cogswell has made of several passages of Scripture walked through in a prayerful way. I encourage you to listen to those. Um, I, for me personally, lately, nothing has been more transformative than listening to a passage of Scripture being read several times and just praying through it and then sitting in silence. So back to the story I was telling you about Craig at the beginning. After Craig's partner stated that he had seen a change in him, Craig responded, you know what, you're right, but I have been changed. I know who I am, and I know where I am. I am a person in whom Christ dwells, and I live in the kingdom of a God who is caring for me and loves me. I'm frustrated, but I'm at peace. We'll get home tomorrow. There's nothing for us to do. Anger doesn't help anything. I figure we might as well enjoy this unexpected turn of events. His friend just shook his head and then said to him almost in disbelief, I'm not sure what you've been eating or drinking, but you have really changed. Because he wanted to become something more than what he was, Craig gave himself to a process, he gave himself to a community, and he gave himself to the Holy Spirit. Do you ever wish you were more than what you are? Do you ever wish you could be a little bit more like Christ when you interact with people in the world, especially in difficult circumstances? Or perhaps a better question is, do those who know and love you wish you were a little bit more like Christ? Ask them. 
when we choose to yield to and listen to the Holy Spirit, when we daily entrust ourselves to spiritual practices and to, practices and to a community of people who are on the journey with us, we will be transformed. We will be transformed and we will experience the abundant life that Christ offers us. And we will and can become the person God dreams that we can become because in Christ, we no longer live this life all on our own. Christ lives in us, Christ lives through us, and Christ lives for us. Would you pray with me? God in heaven, we thank you for this reality that as we come to know you by faith, as we step into that relationship, God, you live in us. You empower us and strengthen us to walk the journey faithfully, to learn to follow you, to have your character, your nature fleshed out within us. And I pray, Lord, for all of us who are on that journey, that we would hunger for it and thirst for it more than ever, that we would take the steps necessary. I pray for any who might be within the sound of my voice, Lord, who have yet to take that step of faith. I pray, O oh God, that you would speak to them, that they would listen to your call, that they would engage your word, that they would contact us here at ECC and let us know they want to know more about what it means to know and follow Christ, Lord. And I pray that in and through all of this, that you would continue your great work of transformation, that we could more and more become the people in whom you dwell and delight and whom you are at work forming and transforming into your image with ever-increasing glory. And may you receive all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.